0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, Who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And for the sake of the gospel, we'll save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in his glory, the glory of the Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. this time, I invite all the young and young at heart forward for a special message. Will you pray with me? Morning by morning, you waken our ears to listen to you, O God, as those who are being taught. Open our ears, our hearts, the very depths of our soul this morning, dear God, to hear this word by which you are teaching us. This word that took on flesh and lived among us, this word that gave himself for us and was raised from the dead for us. Be with those who are suffering this morning, who weren't able to gather in their place of worship. Pour your word out upon them. Be gracious to them. And guide them safely through whatever storm life has brought their way. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So tell me, how many of you have ever said something and knew right away that you shouldn't have? Okay, Okay, how many of you wished you could have taken it back? Sure, I'll sign up to do that. Oh, no, what have I gotten myself into now? I think we can make that work. I really don't have time to do this. I hate you what about the things that we've said and once we said them we knew in that moment that our lives were being changed forever will you marry me I take you to be my lawfully wedded husband or wife accepting a job offer asking for help from a friend or a family member as the bills keep coming due and the paycheck just doesn't cut it anymore. Telling your family that you've decided to go back to school. Telling your family that you've decided to stop treatment. We live in a, in a, in a society, in a world that is constantly overloaded with, with words, with information. With some form or another of communication. Through television, the internet, the radio billboards on the side of the road, or advertisements at the bus stop. We're surrounded by a flood of information and risk being swept up in the hurricane of thoughts and ideas and misinformation and intentionally demeaning and degrading tirades that this world keeps berating us with. In our second reading from today from James chapter 3, James is pointing out to his audience that Our words matter. Our words carry a weight with them. He starts off by saying that not everyone should be a teacher because just like a rudder guides and directs a ship or a bridle put in the the mouth of a horse, leads it and guides it wherever you wish. What we say, what we do, what we communicate to others is so important because so much of what we can say and what we can do can lead someone else astray, or maybe even worse, by the tiniest of words or the most insignificant of comments. But don't think just because James singled out teachers that those of you who work in another profession are off scot-free either, myself included. Parents teach their children... When we communicate with one another, even just in passing at the grocery store, here, I'll take the cart for you, sure, why not? We're teaching another person about ourselves, about who we are deep down inside, who God has made us to be. And so all of us, at some point or another, are engaged in the task and the calling of teaching. So also the tongue is a small member, a small part of our bodies, yet it boasts of great exploits, James writes. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast, bird, reptile, and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by humanity. But no one can tame the tongue. A restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the image and likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My sisters and brothers, it should not be so. And those last few verses hit home pretty hard sometimes, don't they? My sisters... And brothers it should not be so, no one can tame the tongue. With it we bless the Lord and Father and curse those who are made in his image. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, it should not be so, beloved children of God. Do we consider that each and every word that comes out of our mouth carry with them the same weight? Or in this age of of anonymity, of cyberbullying, and the faceless social media conversations and the nonverbal cues that come through an email, do we consider that those also carry with them the same weight as a spoken promise, a spoken vow? Or do we forget that with the word, God was the one who said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. Do we forget that words not only carry with them the ability to create, but the ability to share with another person the very essence and being of our character, the character that God has put within each and every one of us? What about the words we speak here together, gathered on a Sunday morning? Eternal God, our Creator, source of all life, we confess that we have not allowed your grace to set us free. We fear that we are not good enough. We hear your word of love freely given to us, yet we expect others to earn it. We turn the church inward rather than moving it outward. Forgive us, stir us, reform us to be a church powered by love, willing to speak for what is right. Act for what is just and seek the healing of your whole creation. What about these words? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the words of the Creed. Or what about these words? Lord, have mercy. Hear our prayer. And what of the words that God continues to speak with us, even to this day as we gather here? God hears our cry and sends the Spirit to change us and to empower our lives in the world. Our sins are forgiven. God's love is unconditional. And we are raised up as God's body, God's people, who will always be made new in the name of Jesus Christ. This is my body broken for you. My blood shed for you. Do we believe that the forgiveness of sin that is pronounced at the beginning of each worship service is really for us, from God? That the slate has been wiped clean and that the things we've done or the things that we failed to do no longer separate us from God's love or from our neighbor? Do we believe that in the mystery of God's love for us, this bread and this wine have been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit and are made for us to be the real presence of Jesus Christ himself, given, broken, shed for us? Do we cling to these words for our very lives, or do we simply read them and absorb them because they're printed here in a bulletin. These words are gifts from God. Given to us so that we might trust in God's promise of healing and pardon. And grow in faith together. As children of a compassionate, loving, merciful God. That's the kind of power that rests behind Peter. That rests behind Peter's confession in Mark 8 this morning. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asks. You are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And look at what happens even to Peter. In a matter of minutes, he goes from being a faithful follower to Satan, the adversary, the opponent. The one who is in conflict with the love of God. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus says. With the very same tongue that Peter used to bless Jesus, he used it to curse him as well. This fickle thing that we have, our speech. Confession happens with every step we take, with every breath that we breathe. It's a powerful witness. But also a persistent work to maintain faithfulness in such a time as this. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my follower, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life. Will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will certainly keep it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? This moment in Mark's gospel is, is important because with Peter's confession and Jesus' instruction about the sacrificial nature of Christian discipleship, Jesus concludes his formal ministry of service in Galilee. And sets his sight towards Jerusalem. This is the changing point in Mark's gospel. All of it hinging around a confession. You are the Messiah. The Christ. He continues to teach and heal along the way. His mission doesn't change. But his vision. His eyes are set on something different. They're set toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem toward his betrayal, his death, and ultimately his resurrection from the dead. The ultimate healing of our lives. And he invited each of his disciples, each and every one of us, to follow him there. To follow Jesus is to give up our lives, not to seek death, but to throw all of our possessions, all of our affluence, all of our fears all of our sin, all of our accomplishments and all of our pride at the foot of a cross and to confess to this world that Jesus will keep and guard us safely through whatever storm life throws our way, even in the face of death. What can we give to God in return for our life? Our soul, our very being, who God has made us to be. The answer is, of course, nothing. Because it's not ours to begin with. Our lives belong to God. Our lives belong to this world that God loves so much. Our lives belong to the service and the well-being of one another. To the stranger we may never meet in this lifetime. Our lives belong to the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the vision that God has for us and our community. These gift gatherings that I mentioned last week that, as I said, will begin to start holding toward the end of this month, where everyone's invited together to share an opportunity of fellowship, to name, to confess the vision that God has laid upon each and every one of your hearts To speak that into being with the words that God has given us to communicate with one another. This opportunity is important. Because it's an opportunity to confess to one another, yes, but also to this world that Jesus is indeed Lord. And our lives are made all the better for it. It's an opportunity to confess to one another the vision that God has for our church to name how God is present in our dreams and how those dreams are lived out here, now, among us. This opportunity to grow in faith together is an opportunity to teach one another about God's wonder working in and through us, to teach one another about the Spirit's call to serve in our daily lives of discipleship, To teach this world what it means to take up our own cross and to follow Jesus. To teach the world about the love of God in Christ. The one who takes away the sin of the world. These gift gatherings are important because we need one another to grow in faith together. We need one another to fully understand This vision that God has placed on our lives. We need one another to make the confession heard around the world loud and clear. Jesus is Christ. The Messiah. The Son of the Living God. Amen.